Georgia's DBHDD has an urgent health warning. One of every 10 counterfeit pills contain fentanyl, a powerful and very deadly drug. Pills from friends or dealers are unsafe, and one pill can cause an overdose. More info at opioidresponse.info. You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. On today's episode, we're talking about debt. Let's hear a great debt-free scream. Three, two, one. We're debt-free! Wow. Wow. You know what, Matt? That clip says it all. Debt is bad. Horribly bad. (laughs) As a nation, we hate debt. A couple of years back, Pew Research reported that 70% of Americans prefer not to have debt, while 20% refuse to be in debt no matter what. And that's the stance of Dave Ramsey. That's where we pulled that clip from. You don't really need survey research to understand this. Go on Google Images and just search for the word debt. What pops up? Bombs, shackles, giant weights, crushing people. That just makes our skin crawl, and yet 80% of Americans have some form of it. Yeah. Want more? Here are some stats collected by NerdWallet and the Federal Reserve. Americans have $13.1 trillion in debt. That's $134,000 in debt per household. Just sit back and just take a deep breath with that. Uh, This is a reality for a lot of folks. Credit card debt number, slightly less than a trillion dollars. And that comes out to $3,000 per adult. But that kind of betrays what's really going on with credit card debt. See, about two-thirds of Americans don't have any credit card debt. Mm -hmm. So that means that that almost a trillion dollars is held among just a third of Americans. For those people, the average balance is $16,000. Take another deep breath. (laughs) (laughs) The student loan debt number, $1.4 trillion. Yeah, some people might be surprised there's more student loan debt out there than credit card debt. Student loans are actually the second biggest type of debt in the United States. The average person who has student loan debt is rocking $47,000. Yeah, uh, yeah. another deep breath. Uh, Car loan, the car loan number, what, $1.2? trillion dollars is that about right yep and that's been going up a lot the last few years same idea conditional if you've got it the average person twenty eight thousand dollars wow so debt is so bad that a 2017 human resource study found that 66 percent of employees suffer from high stress and anxiety because of it that means that debt is the single biggest source of financial stress more stressful than saving for retirement, paying for education, paying for medical expenses, or paying for basic living expenses. The crazy thing about this is that when we deal with debt, we're less productive. And when we're less productive, we're trying to find ways to find that happiness right. And as we saw a little bit earlier, $1.2 trillion in, in car loans, why not go out and buy the brand new car to make you feel good while you're driving into work every morning? So when we think of buying a car, sometimes we might need to go into auto loan debt. But $28,000? Yeah, well, it's an expensive car. <laughs> Needs versus wants, Matt. You sure. talk about this all the time. Well, what ends up happening with a lot of people is they don't put a down payment on the car, maybe no down payment whatsoever. And by the time they have to trade that car in, 
they're left with more debt on the car than the car is currently worth. Yeah. One third of cars have negative equity. They're worth less than the debt that they have on them. Yes, take another deep breath. <laughs> We're going to start making jokes soon, I promise. <laughs> You know what the crazy thing about this process is? Is that if you should trade in your vehicle that you have now, you go in and you get the $28,000 car loan, you don't have a down payment, what they're going to do is they're going to take that $5,000 and tack it onto the new loan. So more debt that's rolling into more debt. And the crazy thing about this is, is that people do this stuff over their entire lifetime. I have family right now that have never known not having car debt. And so, you really can't ever get ahead. Never. So never. debt is bad. Enough said. You don't believe <laughs> us? Here's a sneak peek at a future episode where our guest talks about her feelings on her student loan debt. I just really, really hated the feeling of being in debt. You know, it just felt like this physical anchor that was just dragging me back you know every time I went to spend money I just thought well my money is already accounted for like government you know owes all my money that was Zena Kumak speaking she is a guest on a future episode where we talk about how she got out of all that student loan debt This just in a recent article by Mary Kaplan UGA associate professor found that low-income families are not the only ones utilizing payday loans. Middle and upper-class families are using them too. Dr. Kaplan goes on to say, people in the so-called middle class used to have one job and keep it for decades. This is no longer the case. People who are in the upper quintile, which starts around $110,000, may seem well off, but in reality, their financial lives can be quite precarious. Matt, can you guess the top reasons for payday loan use? Okay, so this is surprising to me. You pulled this article up uh, just yesterday, yep. and I, I was shocked. I didn't think this was, was going on, but it is. Yeah. So my guess is these people haven't saved, so when they lose their job, the income dries up, there's no savings. Mm -hmm. So lo so lost a job, that's one. Absolutely. And then uh, that coupled with some kind of financial emergency. The top reasons for payday loan use are financial emergencies. All right. Hand clap, hand clap. Uh, at paying bills on other loans. So that could actually really? that could actually play into I've lost a job, and I'm just trying to get income uh, because sure, I think that sure, things sure. are going to turn around. So I'm going to assume this risk thinking that this thing is going to be better right. about so you would, two you would months do from that. Now. So other loans could be the car loan, for example, we talked about Absolutely. that. You need it. So I'm thinking I'm a middle upper middle class person, I lost my job, I'm going to lose my car if I don't pay this off. Yep. So what I'll do is I'll go get a payday loan. Yep. Even though it's a higher interest rate, even yep. though I'm going to lose more money, at least I'm not going to lose the car. Absolutely. And you know why that's so important? Shame. We talk about this all the time because you don't want to have to answer the question what happened to the car? <laughs> and you didn't replace it. And you yeah. know it's going to happen. Everybody right, has nosy right. neighbors. And Nobody's <laughs> looking in your, uh, no one's looking in your checking account. No, They're looking the, at the driveway. The absolutely. Driveway. absolutely. I thought you had an Acura parked out last week. And medical expenses is uh, the, the other one. Do any of these surprise you? I want to sit here and say, oh my God, yes. How is it that someone making 110000 
could have this uh, misfortune befall them because don't you have six months of emergency savings? Don't you have a 401k where you can pull a loan? Don't Absolutely. you have this or that or the other thing? But the typical American has less than about $500 in, in cash uh, available to them. And Absolutely. And again, the other thing, too, is that for a lot of families, Matt, nobody wants to talk about the financial difficulties that they have. So instead of wanting to divulge information, go to the local bank where you have great relationships with the bank or whomever it may be. It's so much easier and the convenience of your home just to go online and find a payday loan. If you want to learn more about this article, go to UGA Today. That's our story. But we want to know what you think your opinion matters too. So tell us what you think about the story by visiting us at www.nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. We'd love to hear from you. We've got to take a break now, but before we go, quiz time. First up, what percent of American households have negative net worth? Mm. So that is, they owe more in debt than they have in assets like cash. And here's another one. What type of debt is most popular in the United States? Here's a hint. If you're thinking credit cards or student loans, nope, way off. We'll have those answers as well as some practical tips for managing debt after the break. You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money on WUGA. 91.7 and 94.5 FM. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. Reach out. We'd love to answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And connect with us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Support for Nothing Funny About Money comes from Elwood and Getz Financial Planning and Investments. As fee-only financial planners, they are fiduciaries to their clients. That's E-L-W-O-O-D-G-O-E-T-Z dot com. Welcome back, everyone, to... Destroy your debt! On today's episode, we're talking to a guest who just paid down his entire mortgage in just, catch this y'all, five years. Thanks, it feels great to be debt free. Of course it does. So let's hear your debt destroyer battle cry. Ah, yeah, feels great. Of course it does. Now, Let's hear how you did it. The audience wants to know. Well, I just cut my living expenses down to the bare bones and put every dollar I had towards knocking out that mortgage. Let's pull up your profile on the big screen. Looks like paying off your mortgage early affected quite a bit in your life. How <laughs> positive, I bet. Not even close. What? Shows us right here that cutting your expenses to nothing meant you never went out and had a social life. Uh. Yeah, that totally alienated you from your friends and family. Uh. Leaving you totally isolated and alone. Let's hear that debt destroyer battle cry. Uh. And looks like you ate nothing but ramen noodles. Yeah, um, that really cut my food bill down. And giving you an irregular heartbeat. All right, moving on. Really? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, let's hear one more time, everybody, that debt destroyer battle cry. Wait, what about my heart? Let's hear that battle cry. Ah. Uh... Moving along. Seems like you don't have a dime 
in savings. Well, I wanted to knock out the debt. Leaving you totally unprepared for even the most minor inconvenience. But the debt... And since you cut up all your credit cards, you've got no backup plan. Wait, credit cards can be a backup plan? Battle cry! Oh! <laughs> and looks like you didn't invest anything, missing out on long-term compound growth. I should have been investing? Turns out, you would have been much better off keeping that low-interest debt and building wealth. Jimmy, just how much will this cost him over his entire life? Uh, that's uh, $1.5 million. How is that even possible? It's called leveraging, dummy! Look it up! Leveraging? Let's hear one last battle cry. Debt Destroyer! Welcome back to the show. I'm Matt Gorin, and I'm here with Michael Thomas. On this month's episode, we're talking about debt. Before the break, we talked about just how bad debt can be. And on the second half of the show, we'll give you some practical tips on how to manage it best. And in the meantime, maybe convince you that debt might not be so bad after all. Before we get started, let's go back to the quiz question. What percent of American households have negative net worth? The answer to that is one in five, 20 percent. Actually, I thought that that would be higher. Oh, yeah? Actually, based on all the, the trillions and billions and trillions of dollars of debt that we talked about on the first half that, that we're all in. So, might yeah, it's so okay, good. That's good then. That I it's know, that right? low. Maybe, it's, maybe it's not that bad. Yeah, you know, we right? think of for a lot of those people, that's probably young people in their 20s, early 30s who are still knocking out student loans. They might not yet have saved up too much second question. What type of debt is most popular in the United States? I'm, I'm really curious to, to hear the answer to this one. If you said mortgages, you're right. Okay. Mortgage debt dwarfs all other forms of debt. We mentioned before, there's $13 trillion in total debt in the U.S. $9 trillion comes from mortgages. That's eight times as much as student loans car loans, it's an enormous amount of money. The average household who has a mortgage owes $178,000. That actually gets back to that money and happiness thing, right? Play on that yeah, message you like, why you If you, you like owning a house, then yeah, having a mortgage can make don't you pretty you, happy. Don't you have fond memories growing up in a childhood home somewhere, Matt? I did. My parents were one of those couples Wasn't that it worth uh, it? bought the house, had the nuclear family. Yeah. Yeah. It's adorable. And actually, in my childhood home, where we actually invested money as well, I buried my Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card in the backyard. I've gone back several times <laughs> to try to dig it up, and I can't do it because someone lives there now, and it just seems incredibly, I'm dead serious, incredibly awkward uh, to go <sighs> and knock on the door and say, hey, can I dig in your backyard? Like, Oh, God, there's that like cards may be worth as much as the house. I know, right? So the investment, right? My family got me a pack of baseball cards, Ken Griffey Jr., rookie wow. baseball card in the backyard. So that's my that's You've my got to come up with some excuse to go <laughs> dig up their yard. <laughs> Love it. So so that could have been a great way for me to generate some wealth. Yeah. Speaking of wealthy people, we are bringing back Danny Kofke to introduce us to a wealthy person that he's fond of in our new segment, Danny Kofke's Wealthy People. Hey, this is Danny Kofke, and I am here with this week's Wealthy Person segment. Every episode, we will focus on someone that lives a wealthy life. This week, we are going to focus on someone I have learned a great deal from, 
best-selling author and radio show host, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey started with nothing, and by the time he was 26 years old, had a net worth of over $1 million. He was living the American dream, or so he thought. Much of his money was tied up in real estate, and he had a lot of debt. Over the course of two and a half years, he lost everything. After this, Dave went on a path to find out how to really win with money. He read books and interviewed older rich people to see how they did it. He realized that his money problems were his own fault, and in order to have success, he had to take Michael Jackson's advice and, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Uh, Notice, I am not a singer. I'm a teacher for a reason. Dave was able to make this change and began helping others. He realized he had a gift and formed Ramsey Solutions in 1992 to help others that were dealing with financial stress. As the saying goes, the rest is history. Ramsey Solutions has helped hundreds of thousands get out of debt and win with money using a variety of outlets, including the Dave Ramsey Show, books, and Financial Peace University. Dave Ramsey gives practical advice for all aspects of personal finance, but is probably best known for helping others get out of debt. Here are his thoughts on debt. The way you get out of debt is you get mad because personal finance is 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. People change their lives when they finally say, I've had it. I'm not living like this anymore. That's when people change their lives. You can wander into debt, darling. You cannot wander out. You have to get pissed off about your status quo. I make too much to be this freaking broke. When you do, you'll change your life. And you list your debts, smallest to largest, regardless of the interest rate. You pay minimum payments on everything but the little one, and you attack the little one with a vengeance. Because personal finance is 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. You already know what to do, but you need to see the traction of winning. That's why the debt snowball works. You pay off that little one, you're like, yeah. You pay off the next one, you're like, uh-huh. You pay off the next one, you're like, yeah. But the time you pay off the car, you're standing in the middle of the street screaming, I'm debt free. And the neighbors think you've lost your mind, and you don't care what the neighbors think anymore. Because when you cared what the neighbors thought, that's what got you into debt. You no longer are trying to impress others. You're trying to change your family tree and live a life of dignity. You think Dave hates debt or what? I think what makes Dave wealthy is not only his bank account, it is also the fact that he has helped hundreds of thousands handle their money better too. That's it for this week's segment. Here's to living wealthy. Dave Ramsey built his career going on an anti-debt crusade, but is all debt so bad? Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Nerd Wallet and a Harris poll found about half of all debt comes from emergencies. And Matt, you and I both know that really the number one cause for bankruptcy that comes from health-related emergencies. Uh, so when we look at these debt totals, a lot of people are taking out this debt to actually be of benefit to themselves so that they can go and live a productive life. Uh, or live at all. Or live case, at all. In Absolutely. the case of medical debt and some of the other uh, sources of that emergency debt, if you lose your job. Absolutely. If you going through a divorce and that's very disruptive. Major car repair. You need to get to work. Sure. So if we, about that. if we think about debt as this shackle that's pulling you back, okay, we can come up with examples of that. If we think about debt as something that allows you to keep living a productive life, great thing that we have access to credit, to debt, for these emergencies. Absolutely. And I want to speak back just really quickly on the household piece, is that studies consistently show 
that individuals who invest in purchasing a home are typically more productive in their communities. They're more involved and engaged, uh, and it just actually provides a better atmosphere for all involved in a particular area. So there's there's significant value in owning a home despite what you might be paying with regards to debt. Oh, sure. Owning a home is one of the best things that you can do for your mental health, for your kids' mental health. Here's the rub, stability. though. It's stability. Here's the rub, though. The average house now, 2018. I don't want to hear it. I, I, three, we're looking right now. I don't both of us are it. on the outside looking into this, by the way. $315,000. Take a deep breath. So who's got $315,000 in cash burning a hole in their pocket? Do, do you? Do you? I, I don't. I'm nowhere near Chris, it. do you have three hundred fifteen? No, shaking his head. I Actually, do you, the listeners, have? And if you do- Collectively. We mean that collectively. And all if of you, you together. And if you do, we want to hear from you. Reach out. We want to show you some love. Yeah. <laughs> we, By we, the way, we have a Patreon. <laughs> you can donate to the show. We, we, we definitely uh, $315,000 is a lot to have in cash, and very few people have that. So getting a mortgage allows people to get the house and then unlock all those benefits. Same exact idea for getting a car. I know we were kind of talking crap about car loans earlier. The average new car costs $29,000. Even if you get a used car, like uh, a Perba Banerjee was on the show earlier. She's got a, a Hyundai Elantra recently. That mm -hmm. was $13,000. Not a lot of people have the $13,000 for a used car like that. So if you need a car, if you're not going to be able to go to work without a car, what can you do? go into auto loan debt. Absolutely. And we, and we talked about auto loan debt and emergency repairs and things of that nature. So what we find with a lot of individuals, they justify buying the new car for between twenty five dollars and $30,000 because it transfers the risk and peace of mind because you think, I'm going to spend this extra money, but it's going to give me more peace of mind in terms of possibly having a more dependable vehicle. Right. And a lot of car loans are not as bad as some people think they are. I've worked with clients in these nightmare scenarios where they're working with predatory loans, 23% interest rates on a car loan. And that's real, everybody. That's a it's, that's thing. Real. But if you can work with a credit union, you can get auto loan rates, the lowest I've seen, 1.49%. And what that means is you're paying less on the auto loan than you can get in a savings account in interest. Said another way, the longer you maintain that auto loan, the better off you are. You're making more money in a savings account. Now, the auto loan piece is just one area of this, Matt. So let's create this hypothetical scenario. Let's say you're doing everything right. You have $1,000 saved, and you have a major car repair, need tires, needs X, Y, and Z, and it exhausts everything that you have in savings. You go to work. You come back. You find out that the dog got out of the house, ran into the street, and got hit by a car. Are you not going to go into debt to help your dog? Or are you not going to go into debt? Because you're like, you know what? Debt is so bad that we're just going to have to put them down. Yeah. And uh, you say this is hypothetical. This actually happened to me. Did in a it? it did. <laughs> Which makes me think that's why you're bringing it up. <laughs> so we have a, a little Boston Terrier and we're not sure exactly what happened. Uh, maybe hit by a car, maybe fell down the stairs and he broke his neck, literally broke his neck. And uh, we took him to the vet and they said, you're going to need $6,500 in surgery. So the option for us was, as Michael said, put the dog down or take a loan, get financing from the vet school and owe them all that money. 
And fortunately, in this case, 0% interest, but we still owe them quite a bit of money to uh, save the dog. And Absolutely. He's, and he's doing great now. They he fixed is, him. He is doing great. UGA I, I, Vet School. Yeah. Uh, re- <laughs> shout out. Shout, yeah, out. shout out to them. Uh, you know what the interesting thing about this is like you were talking about the 0% interest rate on the financing to uh, to take care of the, the poor pup. Uh, you were talking about the 1.9% interest rate to be able to get to, to finance a, a vehicle at almost dollar per dollar, uh, basically. But you can't do that if you don't take out some debt and show that you can pay it back on time, right, in a timely fashion to bolster, to even have a credit score. And the world in which we live right now, you can't really navigate a lot of its complexities without having good credit. And it's gotten so bad. And I'm and no shout out here uh, to Dave Ramsey, but I've worked with several individuals who've gone through the program, who've decided to do away completely with debt and are now wanting to position themselves to purchase a car or to buy a home. And they're realizing that, you know what, I can't finance through traditional means because I don't have the credit score or my credit score has tanked or I don't have the loan. Right. If you don't have any debt at all or access to, say, a credit card, you don't build that credit score. Canceling all your credit cards after you've paid off that debt, that's hurting your credit score which then means when you do finally need to go into debt again because of an emergency or to make one of these big purchases that's going to improve your life, you end up paying enormous interest rates on them. The very thing you were trying to avoid, you now find yourself in. Absolutely. And let's be honest, none of us, as you mentioned earlier, Matt, have $315,000 sitting around for a house or $29,000 to come out of pocket to pay for a vehicle. So when we're thinking about how to make debt good, how to make debt work for you, prevention is easiest. Before getting into debt, ask yourself, do I really need this thing? Especially when it comes to cars. That seems to be a very big thing right now Mm -hmm. where a lot of people are overspending on cars and getting themselves trapped in really big auto loans. Absolutely. And with the uh, with the internet, there are more options than ever before to go out there and to search for the best rates to maybe finance a few things. So you don't have to be solicited first to say that, oh, I got this thing in the mail and I'm just going to jump on it and get this thing. No. Step back, go to the internet, search what options are out there, and that's your best opportunity to find the lowest interest rate on a card. Right. And very often, the lowest interest rates are coming from credit unions. So definitely check them out. And let's say that you've already got debt. You're already holding on to that. You might be able to refinance that debt. If you've got high interest rate debt, it's possible that a business like a credit union or a bank will refinance. They'll give you a new loan to pay off the old loan at a lower interest rate. If you're thinking about refinancing student loans in particular, check out SoFi. SoFi.com can help lower your student loans from about the 6.5% federal rate to as low as about 3.5-4%. Absolutely. And I would even go as far as to say that if you are looking at doing this, go ahead and start looking at where your credit situation is right now. Sometimes it can take six months to a year to get your credit score to where you need it to be before you actually enter into a refinancing agreement that can save you more time over the long run. 
And another thing on top of that is if you're navigating this process or you're not sure about how to most effectively do it, there are options to go through debt management or debt counseling type programs or agencies uh, that can help you stay accountable while you're working through this process. Uh, Because a lot of people think that they may be able to do it on their own. But sometimes paying that small fee could actually be of benefit to you if it means that you actually get out of debt sooner as opposed to later. One debt counseling organization that we like is GreenPath. You can check them out at greenpath.com. Need help? Reach out. Head to nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org and shoot us a message. We can help you out over email or in a face-to-face meeting. And do you help run an organization? We've spoken at events literally coast to coast and would love to work with yours as well. Is that it? I think so. Thanks again, as always, to our executive producer, Chris Shoup, and our audio engineer, Garrett Burke. And a special thanks to Danny Kofke, who is here with Danny Kofke's Wealthy People. Love it. And thanks to you for listening. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to Nothing Funny About Money. This show is recorded in the studios of WUGA Athens on the University of Georgia campus. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. Reach out. We'd love to answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And connect with us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.